Well, hey, welcome back to another episode of Drinking and Thinking. Glad that you uh, tuned in today. If you are a new listener, uh, this is the show with good drinks and even better things. So uh, every single week we make a cocktail, both an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic version, and then talk about things from a Christian perspective, from a spiritual perspective, just from a principle sort of perspective. So uh, on today's episode, we're making the classic cocktail, the aviation. It is just a cool looking drink. You don't see too many purple cocktails. Uh, if you want to find out how to make this cocktail yourself, you can head over to our website, letsdrinkandthink.com. And then we talk about really kind of the value of the church in our lives. It's uh, it's kind of a touchy subject in our world today. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of us think, you know, what do I need the church for? Uh, the church has hurt me, all sorts of different things. But uh, we're just going to talk about why we see value in the church and why we think everybody should be a part of a local church. So grab something cold, stick around, and let's dive on in. Cheers. Aviation. Cheers. Here we go. What's this called? What I just said. Aviation. 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 So it's a type of martini. Um, this is obviously made with... There's a the, big riff on a martini. Basically, it's true. the glass and the gin. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, it's a type of martini, though. Uh, but the aviation is... Um, it's got, at least in the, um, the NA version, you guys are going to have a little bit different, obviously. But the gin is is definitely like the main liquor in this but what i love about the aviation is that blending of that maraschino cherry flavor Mm -hmm. mixing in with the violet uh which is like (laughs) a fancy word (laughs) floral note but it's just it's such a nice drink it drinks so easily very smooth uh and it looks really cool when done right so yeah it is a cool per you don't see many purple cocktails no so you used uh, the Plymouth Gin and then obviously yeah. the Violet and Luxardo. Uh, for the NA cocktail, we used Monday Zero Alcohol mm-hmm. Gin. And then uh, we just used Maraschino Cherry Juice. Yeah, essentially. Which, yeah. which is why it's so sweet. Yep. Along with a Violet Premium Gourmet Syrup from Le Sirop. The Monine. Which, uh, can I take a look at the bottle? It's pure sugar. It is. So this it's is a, a very sweet cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think that the Violet actually might be pretty close, considering this has got more of like a, it almost tastes, uh, or sorry, smells like what, uh, like, um, what are those hard, Jolly Ranchers? Yeah, a little yeah, bit, like, like a little bit of that artificial Yeah, that artificial Violet. Flavor. Yep. Um, I think we could definitely probably tone down this Violet. It's basically violet simple syrup. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, <laughs> what it that, comes down to. isn't that where the color comes from? Yeah. Yeah. The so color you, is really the first thing I noticed when I looked yes. at it was the color is cool. It it's, is cool. So, yeah. Okay. Purple. So don't tone it down. Just get through the cloying sweetness. Yeah. Well, and like uh, the one thing I would recommend to anybody who's going to make this, you can find it on our website, all the, the recipe links and everything. But the, um, the way that there's an argument how you make this, whether you stir it or shake it. So when I'm at home, I try to uh, stir it as much as possible because when you shake it, it almost creates like a gray color. That purple does not pop. Mm. It's kind of fun if you do two drinks, yep. make one shake and one stirred. You'll see a noticeable difference. Exactly well, if you shake it with the ice, there's some like aeration that happens sure. that gets yep. added into 
that doesn't happen when you stir. Right. So, is this what James Bond drinks? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay, so we'll we've, make that next time. <laughs> we've uh, we've gotten in the habit of rating drinks. Yeah. So let's uh, let's go around. What would you rate this? I'll go first because this is actually a staple drink that I make um, often enough. Anyway, um, I I put this at a solid seven. Right. This is a drink that if you're going to make at home, if you're hosting an event. It's a pretty easy drink once you make it the first time. You yeah. can essentially memorize it. You could it. batch it, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah for so. sure. Um, again, you want that stir so that purple really pops. But it's a drink that is impressive for somebody who's never had it before. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely is for a lot of different palates. You're going to get folks. cherry in there. Yeah. It's cool. You'll get folks who, uh, obviously, with the NA version, they can drink that. If they prefer the alcohol version, folks who really like liquor to pop, as well as those who want to try to hide the liquor. It's kind of an in-between option. So certainly, uh, I'd give it a solid seven in my opinion. Seven. I am going with uh, appearance a nine, mm. taste a seven. I would agree. Okay. Mm. The appearance is just really unique, and like you said, you got that cherry at the bottom, but it's so purple you, mm-hmm. you barely see it. You kind of do, mm-hmm. and come on, the glass, everything. It's the appearance is really good. It's yeah. elevated now. Just it's imagine, elevated. <laughs> imagine you're like in this cool, dark speakeasy, like in Stillwater somewhere, or my house, or Chris's house. <laughs> if you don't live in Minnesota, you don't have access to either one of those things. But you know, we'll whatever. fly you in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fly you in on your dime. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, I would imagine the alcoholic version is probably a little better balanced than the NA. Right. So I'm going to go with a six okay. on mine. Just because of the sweetness. You know what I would do? I would probably do a little less violet syrup. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if it's cheating. I'd just add some like purple food color <laughs> if I wanted. If I wanted Actually, to like. Actually, that's a great idea for all drinks. <laughs> we can make any drink purple. You just add enough food. It's yeah. just a little too sweet okay. this way. But mm-hmm. I mean, I could definitely see with, with some light. If you're going to make the NA, just make some adjustments back on the amounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your preference. Maybe you really like drinking sugar water. Yeah, that's true. You know, so mm. you, this is a good, uh, if you're not a huge gin fan, which, what do you think of the Plymouth yeah, gin? I, I was actually, uh, I was going to bring this up because I really, really like it. Normally, as everybody who's listened to a podcast before knows, <laughs> I feeder. love beef eaters. Uh, it's great all around quality. Thanks, beef eaters. Um, <laughs> so where is this? So it's got Plymouth gin, and I didn't read where it was from. Plymouth um, Gin is made in England. Is it really? It was actually it really for a, it was for a long time actually uh, location specific. Nobody but mm. one like distillery could make it. Okay. They've since loosened it up. It's basically a form of London Dry. Yep. But with the herbs and well, not herbs, botanical. There's not yeah, yeah. basil. No, no herbs. With, yeah. With botanicals, botanicals adjusted. So the okay. juniper isn't quite as forward. Okay. And there's a little bit of other. I wish I could tell you what it was. This is, um, maybe it's just the bottle, because sometimes the bottle does do it for me. This <laughs> might cool be bottle. the best gin I've had. What? I've had a really good so one up in So first it was Beefeater. Well, hang on. Then it was Beefeater Beef 24. Beefeater's is like the coolest light of beer for me. <laughs> oh, my god! It's good for every occasion. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. The, there's a distillery up in Duluth, Minnesota. I think you know the name of the Vicar Vicar uh, Distillery, where they have a multiple different types of gin. Vicar, not a sponsor, but certainly can be. We would love that. Um, they have multiple types of gin. I always love their variants because it's so fun. They, their gin is really, really great to drink. Yeah, this is a great just standard drink 
uh, drinking gin, I would absolutely keep in the bar. In fact, yep. where can I find this? You can find this at your local liquor Perfect. store. Perfect. Okay. No <laughs> I don't to look know. for now. I have hey, no idea. This is one that I probably, without knowing the backstory on it, would never pick up. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't scream like, "Hey, this is the right." I'm finger, gonna but... let you in on a little secret. I've actually seen quite a few people in cocktail channels. Is I it? personally follow sure. on TikTok is where I first saw it. Great. And so, well, holla back. It anyway, sounds like hopefully uh, you like it. Marketing is working, so maybe pay them, Plymouth. Um, no, this is uh, this is great. I, I appreciate it. So, thanks for turning me on to this. There you go. Okay, so we all rated it. Um, if you want the recipe for how to make this drink. Uh, you can go to our website, letsdrinkandthink.com. Just go to episodes and you can search. You know what? You can search by like, I want a vodka drink or I want a gin drink or something with Lent, whatever, any sort of stuff that will be there. Uh, you can also send us drink suggestions to our email, hello at letsdrinkandthink.com or of course on any of the socials at letsdrinkthink. And uh, before we jump into things, let's we'll take a minute and introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Shaheen. I'm Chris. I'm Kevin. And it's three of us sitting at the bar here today. And uh, here's what I thought we could talk about. Uh, it's become very kind of in vogue in both uh, Christian and non-Christian circles for this saying, uh, if you want to be a Christian or if you are a Christian, hey, you don't have to go to church to be a mm. Christian, right? And especially with the whole deconstruction stuff going on, um, past church hurt, abusive leaders, uh, you know, the gamut, hypocriticals, you just name it. There seems to be this big push today for, uh, basically, I don't need the church. Hmm. The church is bad. We don't need the church. We should do away with the church. I can be a Christian all on my own. I can, if I want to love Jesus, I can love Jesus. Like, get the church out of the equation seems to be the way things uh, are heading. Uh, however, I would guess from knowing you guys, we probably don't feel that way. I actually agree 100%. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> well, then this is going to be an even better discussion. No, I um first of all, the the term deconstruction, it seems like another Christianese term that we just added to the dictionary of Christian. <laughs> I don't want to like um I don't want to downplay anybody's no. experience because totally I do know that like church hurt is very real. Mm -hmm. And there are a ton of bad apples, unfortunately, when it comes to pastors and church leaders. But part of me wonders, is this just kind of like the new cool fad yes. for people who grew up going to church yeah. and like, I deconstructed. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Bad I'm Christians, not... deconstruction. Like there's a whole, do you remember like, that level... whole podcast oh, yeah. with like Emery and under oath and like, it what was it bad on. Christian yeah. podcast or something? It, it, again, I'm speaking a little out of turn cause I don't pay that close attention to it, but it was Bad Christians, so they're still Christians. Like, ah, we're not going to go to church, follow normal Christian values, th yep. that type of stuff. Uh, we're going to swear because it's cool, not just because it's a part of the vocabulary. <laughs> it's like over, up, and above it. We didn't and, normally. We're just going to add it. Yeah, we're going to add it we're because bad boys. exactly. <laughs> and then it became deconstructed Christians, and now it's like, no, we're just like outwardly against anybody who is a Christian. And Have again, you heard talking like, in support of it. The, support of it. it. There's you know the term evangelical, but yeah. now I see all the time exvangelical <laughs> is like a whole sort of <sighs> thing. And I mean, it's out there. It's yeah. common. Within even Christian in air quotes, but I mean, certainly for people who aren't Christian, what the heck do I need that church thing for? Most likely, I think there's a saying, Kevin, you and I have heard before. The reason most people don't go to church is because they've been to one. Right. Sort it's of my thing. favorite one that I attributed to Kevin once. <laughs> so, Kevin wishes. Yeah. So uh, uh, let me give you a little backstory on this. 
in the late 70s and early 80s was this thing in America called the charismatic renewal. And there, most of did you know I was mm, born mm, in the mid '80s? That's why I'm telling Chris you this. Was I was there to experience it? I'm the old man here. All right, got it. Perfect. So I was there to experience it, and I was not a born again Christian at the time. And that that Do we term need to define that. Well, that born that term still. became popular during this charismatic renewal. Okay. Most people in America, the biggest uh, bulk of percentage of people going to church in America, were from liturgical churches, Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, Presbyterian, you know, that kind of thing. And I shouldn't put Methodist in there, Presbyterian. Uh, and uh, there was this great charismatic renewal. It, it was referred to as a revival in America through the Catholic Church, really is where it started, and through the Lutheran Church and all that, where this term being born again, which is a biblical term, mm-hmm. but it became popular. It was almost became in vogue to be born again. And in that movement was this huge is the first time it was really popular to say or to find out where people discovered i don't have to go to church to be a christian being a christian is about jesus christ and my relationship with god so there was this huge exodus during that time during this so-called revival time where people went to more evangelical churches and evangelical Mm -hmm. churches grew and even pentecostal churches grew tremendously because of this and I think what we're talking about here is this this church exodus started there mm-hmm. with this idea of, hey, my relationship with God is through Jesus and not through the church. And I'll be honest, at the Which time, it was actually a healthy, good, right. it was a good move. It was a good thing to make that difference and to say, I don't need to be controlled by the church to be a Christian or to, to be right with God and all of this stuff, the church. So this is great exodus. But I think the backlash of it was this independence and rebellion. Yeah. Almost like the pendulum swings. The, the swung pendulum too far. swung too far where now it became, I'm not going to be a part of any organized religion. The, the amount of non-denominational churches before the charismatic renewal was just about none. And after the charismatic renewal, it was flourishing like crazy and still does today. This non-denominational. Again, it, it started off with a good idea, but I think it turned into a rebellious idea. I don't have to be a part of anybody. I'm going to be my own thing. I don't have to be a Baptist or a Lutheran Methodist or, you know, Assemblies of God, whatever. I'm going to be my own thing. And so that really turned more bad than it was. It started with a good idea, but it really turned bad when human rebellion got in there and so now we see and i think chris what you were saying is is really true on so many levels that we can't link all of these people to the same thing the some people are turning away from church and god deconstructing their faith because they feel they have higher education Mm -hmm. they started asking questions they never asked in church it's now they are i i think uh being educated in a way that says, I am turning from that thing of my childhood, and they're serious. Mm-hmm. They're very serious about it. For others, I think it's becoming this kind of another in vogue yep. thing to just say these statements. So we have a gamut of stuff going on. But the bottom line is uh, 84%, Shaheen, I think I just told you this a couple of days ago, 84, 87%, I was just at a conference about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but uh 
84, 87% anyway, around there of all churches in America are in decline or flatlined or decline. Right. And, and so we've seen this coming for the mm -hmm. last 10 years. Mm -hmm. People are exiting church. And whatever the reason, if it started out to be good to say, hey, I can have this independent relationship with God, it has turned out to destroy the work of the church in America, right. where America, the American Christian church, isn't being effective anymore because of this rebellion. Came started good, but now it's just plain old rebellion against, even turned to rebellion against God. So what I, because uh, <clears throat> I think there's so many different reasons on why somebody would deconstruct, leave a church, whatever mm -hmm. we want to call it, but leave a, an organized church. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're you're right. There's a lot of folks who I think there's some arrogance, but let's just be honest. You could leave a church and still have a relationship with God, right? No, I think you. Uh, I I think you can leave a church. And still be saved and know God, mm -hmm. but I doubt you have a relationship with Him. Sure, I, would, just, I would say a, not a healthy relationship. Okay, I'm just playing Jesus's advocate. Somebody could still, <laughs> oh, <laughs> somebody could still have an open relationship dialogue with Jesus. Still pray on a regular, uh, sorry, uh, read the Bible on a regular basis. Still be connected in their own sure. way for basis. a while. Sure. Short However, time. and this is where I'm trying to get to, but you guys are jumping in. Stop cutting However, me off. why is it that you guys believe somebody should stay within that organized religion, aside from like terrible churches, terrible people who maybe just find a different church, right? Keep that out of the, the equation. But why should somebody stay in a church or an organized religion? Uh, how can that benefit them? Because we know they're still saved. Um, it's this simple. It's this simple. United we stand, divided we fall. That it is that's that, America. That is it is that simple. <laughs> I think George Bush any, said something like that, not Jesus. Oh, well, Jesus he said, said something any, like that. Any house, <laughs> yeah. fool me once, fool me once. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Fool me. Got to be your cat. <laughs> okay, Go Jesus yes. said it this way: A house divided against itself will not stand. Mm. And why do why do we too st feel so strongly about this being attached to a church thing? Because divided, it'll go away. If everybody stops going to church, there won't be people. Maybe one or two. I mean, I'm saying generally speaking, sure. there will not be a Christian movement anymore. Okay, but as an individual, I was going to say, individual. yeah, let's start before that because okay. I think maybe we don't. I mean, obviously, I think we all care about the mission and God's sure. work in this yeah, world. Yeah. But just from a personal That's what, sort yeah. of standpoint, is what you're mm -hmm. getting to. Why should somebody who is, I would even say, not a Christian, mm -hmm. why would anybody want to be, why should we be compelled to be part of a church? Uh, to me, I think the biggest reason is, is one of the best places where we can be, A, reminded of truth, and B, forced to grow and develop mm. as people. So people don't like that Not term, forced. By the way. Yeah, not forced. Encouraged. Uh, no, but if uh, you stick around, mm -hmm. I mean, we're not talking about extreme abuse or false mm -hmm. teaching, which I know is part of the whole deconstruction thing, why people leave. Uh, my opinion is a very small minority, but it does happen. Yep. But I think there is, when it's not just rebellion, when it's not just I didn't get what I want, there is this I am forced to grow and develop. Not no, Nobody's forcing me. But if I'm going to stay and be connected in a local church, the body of Christ, I have to grow because there's patience that has to be developed. 
There's love for other people that has to be developed. The iron sharpening iron. And some iron of us take a lot longer iron. than others. Yeah, exactly. We've been praying for you for a long time. I'm fully aware. <laughs> you do There's, it in public. <laughs> Before we started recording. We <laughs> How about this? Besides what you're suggesting is growing, besides that, just keeping me, what Chris said is, can't you have this relationship with God? You can, but you most likely won't. Being in a local church keeps me reminded and connected. Yeah, and with other exactly. people connected. I think I told you a story of just uh, just the other night. I, I was with a couple friends. They are really big into NA and AA, uh, you know, because of their past. They're mm-hmm. just really big into it, and they find. And they were telling me stories about every everybody they know that has fallen off sure. the wagon. Yep. Every one of them unanimously. What's the common denominator? They stopped going to meetings. Yep, arrogance gets in the they way. They stopped going to meetings. I don't need this yep. anymore, yep. right? Yep. That's the idea. I, I can be sober on my own. Mm-hmm. I can maintain a relationship with God on my own. I can do this on my own. And technically, it's accurate. It's possible. It's possible, but when we work it out in life, it's very unlikely. It's just not wise. It's just not. That's where I, I was thinking about too. Even asking you the question is: it's not the wise thing to do if you're yeah. a uh, if you're a Christian or even like you said a non Christian, but you're still trying to figure this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. I think the wise thing, the wise course of action, would be surround yourself with those who are also in that same boat, also ahead of you in that path. Yep. Because they can help be teachers, mentors. For they sure. can help hopefully push you like you said the yep. uh, not forceful way you know literally but force you to get better and but have maybe a relationship sometimes when you're being dumb <laughs> but, uh well yeah i mean we we all know this with like uh you know around new year's if you try and start working out right okay i'm gonna go to the gym because that's my new year's resolution studies have proven you will be more successful at that goal yeah. if you surround yourself like you just mentioned surround yourself with other people pursuing that goal Mm -hmm. can you go and work out on your own and get healthy and lose weight yes people have done it but very few very few most people uh don't even stick it out past february right most people you look five years down the line have not been able to keep that weight off without the help of others and it's the same thing spiritually speaking there's like it's just not wise we prevent ourselves practically speaking not theologically, yes. but practically speaking, from really growing and, and developing. So um, let me ask you this, because I also I'm thinking about in the in the sense of somebody who's in that place today who might just frankly be listening. Mm-hmm. If it's maybe improper teaching, not the right church, whatever you know the the cause is, what would you recommend to them if they asked you, "What do I do?" Because I'm going to leave this church. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your first response? Uh, number one, I'd want to ask a lot of questions. For sure. And I think, to me, there's only a few. What would those questions boil down to, though? Uh, I just why? want to know more of their story, because sure. I'm not sure there's like necessarily a blanket answer. I think, no, I should take that. I think there is a blanket answer, but I think how we get there is going to be determined, and how quickly and in what order, I think is determined a lot by people's experience. Okay. So like maybe they need to go through the steps slower or a different order, whatever sort of thing. So anyway, um, I I think there's only a few good reasons to leave a church. Okay. Number one, I think if they are teaching something that is not biblical, mm-hmm. is a good reason to leave. 
we should do a whole nother topic on it because I wonder how many people are in a church that's has that type of leadership and teaching, but they but just don't even know, know it, right? Yeah, well, but and, and you need to topic. clarify and not biblical are the main points that you know there's there's 6,000 topics, you know, sure, but uh, which ones are not the, the main ones? The foundational yeah. ones are off because you yeah. won't go to a church that everything they teach or talk about is absolutely accurate yeah. or we're humans so it needs to be those foundational principles mm -hmm. of christianity if they're off on that mm -hmm. you do not want to be a part of that mm -hmm. uh so that's one i would say obviously if you move or something you know just mm -hmm. human limitations sure sort of thing and then uh if you have uh taken up an issue with maybe there's a leadership issue or something going. I don't want to say abuse because I think abuse is way too um, loose of a term. Sure, but true people abuse. People will think true abuse. Yeah. Spiritual abuse. True spiritual spi control. Physical I would say, abuse. I would say physical abuse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all of that stuff. I just think the real definition is probably a lot less yes. than what, yep. oh, they didn't sing my song. They're abusing me. Yeah, yeah. Like, but true, like. True abuse. Yeah. But outside of that, if you take your concerns and uh, and you follow through with them, when it comes to um, you know the the focus of the church, the mission of the church, those sorts of things, and you go through some of the biblical steps of talking to the person, bringing somebody else along, mm -hmm. approaching maybe other people, and there just can't be a resolution, then I would think maybe as long as there's not this animosity you didn't do what i wanted if it's listen i've shared my heart you've shared your heart we just can't see eye to eye and this is a crucial part of uh you know some sort of missional or strategy sort of thing are you talking more like personal preference so as the attendee that's no just, i don't no. want to say preference can't, that's why i want to clarify yeah, there. yeah uh, uh i think uh, you use the terms of die for yeah so if it's one of those well, I think that's wrong biblical teaching. I would mm -hmm. say, like, if if you feel like I know all of us because of the, the yeah. you know, church stuff we've been in, if you feel like the church you're going to is solid biblically and uh, there's no abuse going on, right. but their mission is just to do Bible studies for people who are already Christians. Right. That's certainly what, like, there's nothing technically wrong with that i would argue maybe what god has called us to do and and sure. the great commission sort of thing but if you really feel this urge to like i want to be a part of a church that is reaching people who aren't already christians you know yeah, yeah. and nothing that church is doing so, lends itself to that yep then i would say have you talked to the people have you shared your heart don't try and get a coup of people to follow around you. But like, if you've gone about it through some of the biblical steps and you can separate without animosity, I could also see that being a reason. So, uh, because I already know the answer for both of you, just cause I know you guys well enough when it comes to personal preference on things. Um, for me, that still falls under the line of personal preference because for me, I came from a church initially that, I didn't feel their focus was reaching others because I totally felt the Great Commission. Like mm -hmm. I feel like that's what we should be called to do as a church in general. Like that is what our mission is once we become Christians. But not all churches operate that way. And like you said, it's not 
biblically incorrect. They're not doing things that maybe uh, maybe you would look at uh, and, and say, oh, they're not following the Bible correctly. They're not you know, yeah. preaching truth, whatever it may be. But if you know the mission's just a little bit off kilter from what you believe in, that to me still comes into the personal preference aspect Boy, of it. Boy, it's a slippery slope there. I, no, I agree. Yeah. But what I want to be clear is for anybody using the excuse of, oh, they didn't do this right, or, nah, the kids that's wasn't. That's not yeah, what we're talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about foundational belief systems sure. that you're you're not willing to die for because I think you're right about mm-hmm. that. Um, but you're willing to like put sacrifices from your life for yep. because it's so dang important to accomplish yep. that you're going to put aside some of the inconveniences or some of the things that you don't totally agree with mm-hmm. in the way that the the job gets done uh, or the how it gets done because the why is so much more important. Mm-hmm. And that's where I yeah. think the the personal preference to me, there is still a varying degree. If you don't like the way that they play the acoustic guitar, that's probably not the best reason. Yes, Yes. Um, if it's uh, because you know what they're so focused on Bible studies for those who are already Christians, rather than reaching those who are non-Christians or reaching those who are lost trying to become Christians and searching for something, whatever you want to define that as, like that's where it becomes a very different gradient. I would agree, and and I think if somebody's listening to this and they're really in that spot, I want to leave my church because I don't agree with them. Man, you got to be careful. What yeah. are you not agreeing with? Yep. Uh, is it are, are the foundational things true? And I would say with foundational things, is this Great Commission part of the foundation of Christianity? I mean, yeah, that's certainly what it, look it at. is. Yeah. It's part of the foundation. And if they're not now, if they're doing it not the way you would do it, that's that is totally not an excuse to leave. Right. Well, you know what? They want to reach a loss, but they're going to do it this way. Hey, you know what? As long as they're believing, we have to reach a loss. We have to draw people in. The how they do it, don't get in that mindset because right. you won't find a church is going to do it exactly how you want to do it. Right. We, we got to be so careful with that. We want to join a church and help it do the mission, even if it's not the way we would do it. So what would you say to a mature Christian? So not somebody who's just going mm-hmm. to look at every single detail and find a reason yeah, to leave. Find a good church Ooh. and strengthen it. Okay. Be there, help, pray for it, invite to it, influence it. But don't rebel on every decision that's not done your way, because you will it will do more harm than good. How many how many churches should you try? Well, and first of all, and you know, I've told probably a hundred people this: if you're looking for a church, don't look for a church in you a church that you like. Look for a church that's doing the mission and believing the biblical foundation. Look for a church like that. Don't go to a church because, oh, they play the music I like, and they, oh, they do the, this crafting thing that I like. We don't want to look for a church we like. We want to look for a church that's on the mission, and then we want to help it. Right. What, what would you say, uh, to kind of go back to the, you said, what would you say to a mature Christian? What would you say to somebody, I think there's two big groups of people. Uh, let's start with the deconstructing ones first. Mm-hmm. People who feel like they have to deconstruct from their faith most likely you brought it up because, you know, maybe they were given really shallow explanations and then they heard other stuff in the world and weren't able to deal with it in a rational sort of way. Or that's the number one thing or church hurt are kind of the two big reasons right. I mm-hmm. hear from mm-hmm. people deconstructing. What would you guys say to somebody who feels like they have deconstructed from the faith they grew up with, thinks the church is wrong and horrible? What would you say to them yeah i i right away would would ask questions you i think you mentioned that earlier i'd want to talk to them 
the first thing I'd want to do to somebody like that is sit down with them and ask them, well, why do you think this and why do you, I would, I would try to encourage, I would try to encourage them to think rationally and not emotionally. Hmm. Rationally. Okay. I know people did this. You haven't left. Emotions are real though. I know, but you haven't left every job or every spouse or every, I mean, hope so. Somehow. Although that's becoming a lot more common. Okay. But quitting and also, can you also see how that is very damaging to your life and culture to, to live your life that way? Mm -hmm. So you need to try to get the emotions out of it. Hey, there's human beings there. They hurt you. And guess what? You hurt them. Okay. We need to get past that and rationally think about, do you honestly think, matter of fact, I, I was all day today, I had one topic on my mind and we should do a whole time on this, but I don't understand how anybody can reject Jesus Christ from a rational perspective. And we can talk about that later, but yeah, sure. I would ask this person to rationally think about it. Are you going to throw out the eternal truth about God and about what he says and about all this because you so I'm, feel a certain way? I'm very, uh, I get drawn into deconstruction stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. Um, yeah. I feel like most people I've heard from would say, no, I'm not walking away from God. I'm not walking away from mm-hmm. Jesus. I'm walking away from this stupid church thing. Right? Yeah, or or this but, stupid system. This stupid system sort of yeah. thing. But yet, I I believe with all my heart, uh, A, that's not the mature thing to do. Right. And B, we hurt ourselves. Why, why would somebody going through deconstruction, even Jesus Advocate, for the right reasons, mm-hmm. let's right. say they have good, valid reasons, why does somebody like that still need a local church to belong to? Okay. To go to, to be a part of, to invest in, all that sort of thing. Because everything inside him is going to say, no, that hurts. No, they did me wrong. No, they took advantage of me. I can still love Jesus, and I don't need to do that. But, and I think all of us would say, yes, number but. one, yes, but, <laughs> yeah. and probably not for very long. Hmm. Uh, well, and here's the thing. I would want to talk to that person about... Hey, they did it wrong. They heard it. Not all churches are like that. The system that you're rebelling against was bad. But you have to come to grips with, did Jesus Christ set up that yeah. system? Did he what call uh, people coming together, We the fancy word, the ecclesia, yeah. call, people called out to be together to commit to one another for a purpose or a cause? So maybe not the American church no. as it's been run, but this commitment but this to other believers. Other believers together for a common mission or purpose. Or purpose. Yep. Yep. So okay, let's let's Jesus so, said that. So let's go back to that. Okay. So we they deal with they that. screwed up a lot of stuff. But we still can't run away from what Jesus said because right. it works. It's his it's mission for your life and for others. So can we find one? Can we find a church that doesn't have all that other garbage that hurt you or you thought was... There's a lot of nonsense in churches. A lot of nonsense. Find a church with the least amount of nonsense possible, you know, to be a part of, and then ignore some of the nonsense. I think that's the mature aspect of of a Christian because every church, you're going to be able to find traits 
or th- something that they do that just doesn't align perfectly unless you create Absolutely. the church and you and control is, every aspect of every as individual. As soon as in the you church, even invite yourself to such a church, it's totally no longer perfect. So right? I think that uh, the imperfection is expected in churches. Mm-hmm. Now, to what degree? Certainly, we can argue where you need and, to be. And I will but, say this I, I believe there's a lot of people in just about every church that just need to be slapped. I mean, they do. Jeez. <laughs> you know? They do. That's but a great episode. Most of the time, they're on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> But we don't uh, abandon the the thing that Jesus Christ called into existence we'll for a very important purpose. You can't do that. We have to rethink it. We maybe have to make different choices, and we have to ignore some stuff. I think what you yeah. said did like is this thing called the church biblical or not? Mm-hmm. It's impossible to not to yeah. deny. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. This church thing is was God's design. For Christians, but have people screwed it up? Absolutely, well, we've screwed up everything. Absolutely, because we're all screwed Let's up. Let's be people. a part of making it better, not just but the, race. But the imagery that's used—I I don't know where I first heard this from, but like it's stuck with me ever since. Of okay, the church is described often as the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and then Paul even uses in some of his letters, say yeah. some of you are a hand or a mm-hmm. foot or an mm-hmm. eye or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we take that literally for the for the point of analogy. If you are the hand and the foot has just been stomping on you over and over again and they're abusing you and just, you know, treating you like trash, you can cut a hand off from the body Mm -hmm. and leave it sit on a bar top. It's Mm -hmm. still a hand, right? But it doesn't function like it's supposed to. It's gross. It's going to be deformed. (laughs) It's going to stink. It's going to start to stink. It's certainly not healthy. And... In a practical sort of sense, it is not connected to the head, which is Christ. This analogy right? is incredible. So Can you like, imagine sticking a hand out of a head? Just, just, we would call that a horror movie. But isn't that what... This is the best. Hey, you know what? I've been hurt, so I'm just going to cut my hand off, and I'm just going to be a hand on a bar somewhere. Right. Well, I mean, technically, yes, it's still a hand. It's just a really gross version of it. It's a disconnected it. hand. It's, it's a disconnected... Can you imagine you could pick up a glass, but you couldn't drink it? <laughs> what would be the point? <laughs> oh, you couldn't even see the purple color. Some people feel that way about NA stuff. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now, uh, flipping from, from deconstructed, I would assume, or at least I would hope, there's some people listening to the podcast that are probably not even Christians. Mm-hmm. Why? What would you Ooh. say to them to like... Uh, you should be a part of a local church. Why? Uh, a lot of the same things that you guys both already brought up as great um, uh, reasons to why to join a church, be a part of a church. Um, I would give, personally, and I could be totally wrong in this, I would give a little bit more grace to those who are actively see- seeking a relationship to find a church that might be a little bit more, if they're looking for something specific, maybe it's the music, right? Sure. I would give a little bit more grace for them. But aside from that, I would absolutely find a place where you can feel connected to the people, connected to the mission in some way, whether you're totally on board with what a Christian looks like, acts like, feels like. I don't even know what the mission is yet. Yeah, he's talking about a non... That that was a... That that put a real spin on it. No, no, a non-Christian. A non-Christian. No, I'm saying, so as you're searching for a church, looking for one. A non-Christian isn't... Why would we tell a non-Christian to... Why is the church important to you as a non-Christian? The non-Christian doesn't care about the mission. Right. That's what I'm, I'm saying, though. Oh. As, as I'm, I'm looking at the problem terms is we of, don't know what you're saying. That's the problem here. Yeah. You guys are just waiting for your turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do all the time. 
maybe I'm uh, I'm addressing it. I was looking at it from the the sense of somebody who's looking at a church. So you're looking at somebody who's not even looking at a church altogether, or I, somebody who's not not actively not seeking a Christian. Most yes. most non Christians have an attitude of that's a waste of time. Why would I go there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, why okay. would a non Christian? Okay, got it. Why Why would we say you should go to church? Because I think oh, we would gosh. all say that. Yeah, right? yeah. Would any none of us would disagree? No. I want non-Christians to go to church. Yep. I was, yeah. And even if it isn't the best church in the world, I would tell a non-Christian, yep. uh, yeah. go because, to church for this purpose. Because we still know you can become a Christian yes. apart from a church. Right? Got it. Mm-hmm. I totally misunderstood the question. I figured you I did wish you would have cut that out, but you won't. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> it's going to stay take, in post. I'm not going to take that time to search yeah, through there. And no, cut who cares? Them. Anyway. These are real conversations. Yes. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, Get out. All right. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I had uh, a situation one time. Uh, this is several years. <laughs> he's ago. not even gonna. He just. No. You were gonna say. He was waiting for his like, turn to talk. That, uh, that uh, a uh, assistant <laughs> chief of police of Minneapolis oh, told, yeah, told, me, told me one time that he he said, "Hey, I, I tell all uh, all the officers to uh, support a local church, support local churches, give your money to local churches, whether you're Christian or not." And then he went to tell him why. Why Why do I tell you? It's the only organization in our culture that's on our side. So that is an, another sideline of churches teach people, encourage, kind of hold this pressure to live moral, upstanding, honest lives. That's one reason. That's mm-hmm. not the main reason that I would tell a non-Christian to go to church. But that is one reason churches are good. You should go to one and support one. Even a non-Christian police force should support churches because they're on our side. I think it's relatively objective to say, look at places where the church is strong, generally less crime and immorality. Well, of course. Look at places where the church is not strong sure. or where the church is <clears throat> left over decades. What you guys are saying doesn't make any sense. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you what I think. Um, I, I'm going to turn uh, my microphone off now. <laughs> You Finally, uh, no. I just uh, to your your initial question, I I think the re- he's he's actually gone. <laughs> I think right. the relationship that you can develop with the people of the church, as well as the relationship, hopefully, with Jesus, as you start mm-hmm. getting involved in a, in a local church, mm-hmm. is going to be like nothing else you've ever experienced. To have that companionship with the people. To have that relationship as, and again, I think sometimes, especially as a new um, new Christian, especially if you've had a life to live, it's super uncomfortable. I can imagine jumping into and saying, I want to have a relationship with this God that I don't know, don't know anything yeah. about because I've never picked up the Bible, let alone read it. I could see the uncomfortable nature, so I would encourage anybody to do that. To give it a try, but be earnest about giving that that a shot. Very much earnest. I, I would encourage every non-Christian to go to church to ask questions and research and study and find out what it is you're rejecting because most non-Christians don't even know what they're rejecting. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to go to a church mm-hmm. and ask questions and listen and be critical. Yeah. But discover, yeah. am I? do I know what I'm rejecting? That so that uh, non Christians should definitely go to church to learn, find out what is this thing I'm against. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Hmm. What would you say, Shaheen? 
Uh, those those reasons. Eh, no, I got to creative. Something new. <laughs> be creative. <laughs> because I think you're probably bored on a Sunday or Saturday or whenever they hold their they services. Just, they're not. They're, <laughs> no, not, they're bored. not bored. They're not no. bored. Oh, okay. There's plenty to do. <clears throat> yeah. No. I mean, honestly, the same reasons. I would mm. say, uh, be, well, I want to add to the you know the the morality and the police story you you told i think a lot of people in our world today are looking to make a difference i want to be a part of something that makes a difference i want to be a part yeah, of fair. you know change in the world sort of thing uh studies have shown time and time again and you can look back throughout history it's the church of jesus christ that has done the most world changing mm-hmm. for the good mm-hmm. christians are still the most generous people in the world mm-hmm. uh you know, throughout history, Christians have been the one to start schools and hospitals and education, and education, and sort of stuff, uh, to different parts of the world. And uh, I mean, what like, I mean, just from a practical sort of standpoint, if you want to be a part of changing the world, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find something better than a local church. Mm-hmm. Now, I know not everyone is like that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think if you take them all from a thirty thousand foot view, the local church is the one doing the majority of the work. In the world. I think the critical part of this whole conversation that we probably didn't emphasize enough is the term local church. Mm. Because I think we often hear news stories, think of things. I mean, it's all over the news in the 2000s of the eastern, um, you know, Boston area, New York City, the Catholic churches. And obviously Mm -hmm. just horrible things that they were doing, right? Yep. To say that that's what it's like in every church in America across the board. And that's where... You know, the local church has such a huge impact in the community as well as abroad. Mm-hmm. For sure. I don't know. I just think, like, it, it came up because I was watching some more deconstruction stories today on TikTok. But you watch depressing stuff, man. <laughs> it just shows up, I think, because I've... I wonder why. <laughs> it, I've just engaged with it in the past, and so TikTok thinks that's what I like, which they're kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I, I don't know. To me, it just seems like we've thrown out the value of the church, and I just think it's a mistake. I think mm. I think people being involved in a church is still a necessary part of, of spiritual growth, of this Christianity thing, and even, like you guys mentioned, in searching out Christianity, too. So hmm. I would agree with, uh, I think everybody, no matter where you are, Christian, non-Christian, Muslim, whatever you are, what we saw a year or two ago in Minneapolis with the George Floyd thing and the crime rate, and even today since the mm-hmm. defunding of the police, which didn't really happen totally, but uh, the murder rate in Minneapolis today is, is higher than it, it has been. And it's, you know, the evil around us, everybody can see it, and mm-hmm. some people call it evil and that, but, and we can make a direct correlation from as culture leaves church culture gets more evil and and i i just totally agree and if we're going to be honest with ourselves Mm -hmm. we will come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. that's that's all there's to it yep it's it's vital for us personally in spite of the hurt and the abuse and the wrong ways we've gone about it Mm -hmm. and it's also vital for our world Mm -hmm. which you kind of touched on the beginning just the mission and sort of stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah We, we need the church so keep trying. Keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Keep trying. Don't give up. How how are you going to develop uh, forgiveness? How's God going to develop forgiveness in us if we run away from every situation mm-hmm. that offends us? 
You're not yeah. going to. Mm-hmm. How are you going to develop um, self-control if we run away from everything? I mean, just go down the list of all the different, you know, bear with one another, work together. Uh, if you, if God has given you a spiritual gift, use it to serve others. There's so much stuff that you absolutely cannot do. You can be right with God by putting your faith in what Jesus did for mm-hmm. you on the cross, but you cannot be a mature, growing Christian mm-hmm. right. apart from a local church. Can I address the Christians that might be listening to this that don't go to church? Sure. But Christians, and, and they do have a relationship with God and all that. I would suggest this, not 100%, but uh, generally speaking, if you are a Christian and you don't go to church, you can pass your Christianity somewhat to your children, but your grandchildren are most likely doomed. Mm. Because you know Christianity, but you don't, you don't go to church. Your kids aren't going to church. Their kids will ask you, what are those buildings that have cars in them in front on a Sunday morning? They their chance of knowing God is pretty slim. I'm not sure of any studies for that, but I could give you a hundred anecdotal examples. I've seen it. I mean, that that's why I say that. I've seen it happen uh, time and time again. Yeah. Hmm. So let's not do that. Yeah. Amen. And make an aviation. And also make an aviation. I enjoyed this. So cocktail. you can fly to your local church. <laughs> It's a stretch, I know. That's a pretty big stretch. Are you, are you trying to be a comic now? Nah, no, I, that uh, that's in the past. <laughs> like previous, yeah. Hey, uh, maybe uh, maybe you're not. Maybe you're listening to this. You're obviously still <laughs> listening to this. That's amazing. No, that's a great joke. <laughs> Thank you. Thank if you. You heard what I just said. You're listening. To this. Here's what I want to say. Maybe you've got some questions, right, related to this. Maybe, maybe your story is really unique, and uh, we would we would love to hear that. You know, if you want to email us or leave us a comment somewhere, or you know, send us a social media message somehow or whatever. Uh, we'd love to just hear your story and kind of continue the conversation. Maybe we'll even pick this up again, depending sure. on if there's. There's comments or questions that come in. So, but anyway, uh, make the aviation. You can find the recipe on our website. And uh, then just be sure and subscribe. Share the podcast with anybody that you think would enjoy it. And we'll catch you next week for another episode.